0: Hi there, welcome back to the Agostino Zynga show with I your host Agostino Zynga and this is episode number 696 of the Agostino Zynga show and I hope this is finding you well wherever you may be As I said this is episode number 696 of the Agostino Zynga show and I hope you are good wherever this pod may find you I hope you are splendid How am I? all good all things considered i cannot complain on my end i really cannot complain um i cannot stress just how much of a game changer it's been that i've changed gyms i've had um you know i've had some good times in my previous abode it you know it had its flaws but for the most part having to pay only like 20 pound a month for essentially you know um, the entirety of the leisure center to use the gym to use a swimming pool which i never used but you could get classes included in it everything included in it's so basically a local borough leisure center and it was only like 20 quid a month so it was perfect for me at that time and of course it was short, short distance from my home so everything kind of you know lined up really perfectly but over time I kind of got a bit bored of it. I think I needed a bit of a change of environment. And to be honest with how nocturnal I am and my weird flipping, you know, flipping um, sleep schedule and just my daily routine sometimes, it's nice to have the ability to kind of go to a gym sometimes really early in the morning or really late at night. And for whatever reason, the leisure center that I used to go to was only open from 6 in the morning and closed at 9 or sometimes 8 p.m. So you were kind of limited at the times you could go if you went to go really early, like before six or if you went to go after nine. So I was really happy when we had a branch open up um, near where I live, where essentially it's a 24 hour gym and you have the ability to go in whenever, which is awesome. Um, There's no person to talk to. It's all done via the QR code on your phone you get a little pin code you could also use to kind of get in and essentially it opens up the entire day for me to get a workout in you know um as long as i'm bloody awake and i just basically got back from doing a pretty late workout around what what time did i go i think i went about nine o'clock or something no sorry i went about eight thirty. left there at probably at nine thirty. so i spent an hour in there and it was splendid the only sad the only kind of con the only kind of negative of it is that i'm not the only person who feels like this you know I'm not the only person who feels like this. So clearly there are other people in this world who clearly have the same desire to work out late at night. And it was absolutely ramming there when I went at 8.30. When I left by the time it was 9.30, it was getting even busier. It felt like a flipping nightclub, but it makes sense though. Cause it's a Monday. It was a Monday. It's a start of the week. Everybody needs to, you know, start the week. Good. You kind of want to, you know, get rid of all the flipping nonsense you've been consuming throughout the weekend And it was really insane. But I have to be honest, I'm really grateful that I have the ability to go to a gym where I can go and work out any day of the flipping, you know, any time of the day without any stress, without any hassle and without flipping worrying that I'm going to be. Because I think the other reasons why I went to the other place, I'm pretty sure I had like an off peak membership so I could only go between the hours of like 6 a.m., you know, and uh, what was it? 6am and 4pm I think and basically after 4pm I have to pay a £5 fee so at least with this place even though it's a bit more expensive per month I think it's like £30 a month I get the ability to go 24 hours so I'm really happy about that I can't complain about it and I think because it's a bigger gym even if, even if it is packed I don't know if you guys are used to this because I'm not but because it's a bigger gym even if it is real busy because there's just loads of equipment, eventually you're going to get on something. I think with a smaller ledger centre that I was going to, they had a minimal amount of equipment. So if more people came in, they would legitimately hog everything because they're doing their workout. It's not a bad thing. So you have to wait a good, 20 minutes half an hour before you're able to use a machine able to get some plates able to get a barbell but because this place is slightly bigger and have got way more stuff it doesn't matter how many people are in there everybody's like in different parts of their set in their routine and whatnot so most likely you'd only have to wait maximum of 10 minutes to get your shit and it's all well and good so i was happy with that i was really 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 happy with that next on the list here i want to talk about over the weekend, it seems like for some reason, I'm not really too sure why, but usually at Bergheim, the weekend after a big event, so last weekend was CSD, right, which is essentially Berlin Pride, and there was loads of really cool events, and Bergheim had a really long kind of you know um, weekend plan there loads other venues had really good parties and essentially you know they had the they had a flipping street fairs and floats on the streets and stuff like it was really crazy nice little carnival atmosphere there to celebrate gay pride over there at flipping Berlin so everything was good so common knowledge will tell you that the week after a special event is usually the best time to go to Bergheim because it's usually empty and it's usually full of locals so it's usually the best time to go to get a real kind of sense of what the club is about because one thing to go to a special event because you get a lot of more bang for your buck you get to see loads of people on one big lineup and it's a special event but sometimes it can be too ram too busy and it's not enjoyable but if you go the week after it's usually perfect so sometimes a week after new year's eve is great and obviously the week after flipping um easter holidays is great also or a bank holiday for some reason this past weekend wasn't like that even though it was a week after csd it sounds like by all accounts judging by the flipping burger community subreddit it was absolutely rammed so i don't know what happened what was the deal because i checked the lineup and of course there was oscar molero there There was Maron playing and whatnot, Justin Perry and whatnot. There were some good names playing, but it wasn't like a crazy lineup that I think should have brought such a flipping roadblock of a, a, you know, it it shouldn't be that much of a roadblock, I don't think, uh, of a lineup. But for some reason, it brought everybody out and the cues there were absolutely nutty and people are getting all upset about it all over the subs and there's a couple of stories here i want to talk about or accounts from people that i feel like need to be kind of you know highlighted on here because i feel like in general people let people let other people get away with murder over there because they're so scared about the they're so scared and worried that they won't get in so i think people just need to kind of you know i don't know not allow people to kind of bully them around there because they're worried that they're not going to get in and kind of treat it like any other place really but this is the lineup, obviously, for this past weekend, as you can see here, um, for the 29th of weekend. So you've got some decent people playing. Um, I was saying it was Maron's debut, but some people are saying that he played there already. But still, I'm going to take it as Maron's debut, so big up him for playing there. Hopefully he smashed it. Um, you've got Justin Perry, Gaetano, Oscar Mulero, obviously people are a big fan of. Um, Ogazun, who's doing some great stuff, and I think I've kind of discovered her via Hoare. You've got Keke Lomo, sorry, playing. Um, Ryan Elliott, I'm a big fan of, Paramita, of course, DJ Holographic, Palmstrack. So it's a decent enough venue, lineup, sorry, but not something that you would assume that would have caused a roadblock. That said, that being said, the accounts from people on the Burger and Summer are absolutely crazy. The first one I want to go for is the flipping toilet etiquette and um, post that somebody highlighted here, right? <laughs> Which I think really kind of speaks to the overall madness that occurred this past weekend and why people are so pissed off. So this post starts as follows. How the fuck can you take one toilet cubicle for 10 to 20, 10 to 20 to 30 minutes plus? It's so disrespectful to the cures and the whole system and the line cutters are also fucking nuts. One time yesterday this girl with red red coloured hair, a local you probably know, and her friend up to go up to her line. I say what are you doing? Go wait like everybody else. I um, had waited 25 minutes by this point point. I was getting upset over the whole situation so I didn't have patience. They then say that their friends are in the toilets. When people leave the toilets, no one was there. And I said something like, hey, don't remember. And they quickly went into the toilet and I was pushing up the door. And they both super aggressively kicked in the door so it closed. Like, who does that? Fucking assholes. So rude. My morning rant. So this person was, you know, queuing in the toilets at Berghain, waiting to go there and actually do their business, not actually going there to do drugs or anything, and actually wanting to use the toilet. And everybody's kind of, you know, taking up space in there. And this is something that happens quite often there, because for some reason they tend to close the Panorama Bar toilets pretty early. I'm not too sure why, maybe because just for just to help out the flipping staff and make sure that they don't have to stay there all night or all morning, kind of cleaning up and shit. But once they close the Pano toilets, it kind of becomes every man and woman for, for themselves because there's only two toilets left I think the the ones on the Burgheim main floor and then of course the ones maybe downstairs right next to the cloakroom area which are meant to be the flinter ones and shit which are meant to be the ones where you should be only going for the two years of toilet and the loo but in this situation I just think everybody has to take a bit of personal responsibility and accountability and be like you know what if you're in the queue and somebody tries to cut in line especially in a toilet that's just unacceptable unless it's somebody that legitimately needs to use it you shouldn't let anybody cut in front of you in any queue let alone a toilet queue it's just not acceptable especially when everybody's waiting because for the most part when you go to places like Bergheim, everybody's pretty well behaved in the queue um they're pretty respectful they hold the line you know what i mean they're not trying to cut in line and whatnot so and everybody's kind of waiting for their turn so that person who legitimately feels like they need to cut in line i don't think their desire to go into the toilet trumps anybody else's so you shouldn't in my opinion be letting anybody go in front of you no matter what they say no matter about a friend or anything it doesn't matter the moment you step out of the toilet in my opinion unless the person's right there because i've seen it before before where people are in the cubicle and they're texting probably their friends or they're in the cubicle and they're coming to meet them there that's one thing but if you leave the toilet and then you want to go get people to come in line with you or come in cubicle that's not on. Once you leave, you leave. Like I'm not having that, and it's not a situation about. Oh yeah, let's let wet that. That person's in there's my friend, and they're not your friend. And like in this scenario, if you want to be kind and let them in there because you feel like their friends are in there, cool. But remember that toilet door opened and you didn't see anybody. I would have ran in there myself. I would have ran in there so fast. I wouldn't have cared. I would have ran in there straight away and closed the door. You're not flipping going in there. And I think people, for whatever reason, are not afraid of comp- oh, yeah let's say I'm afraid of confrontation over there which I understand because you want to be chill and you know Berlin isn't really about that time I think the whole time I've been there over the past I don't know like 10 plus years and whatnot I don't think I've seen a single fight on the dance floor if anything so clearly there is a reason why that is the case and you don't want to upset the balance of things cool or the vibe or the ambiance. but surely there comes a point where you draw a line and you say now nah, this is where I don't play and the part where I don't play personally, because I think I'm a pretty chill and cool guy, laid back when it comes to these type of things, is cues I don't play with a cue cutting. Like no one's cutting in front of me in the queue. It's just not going to happen. And then the next account here is even worse, right? Um, this is outside, so it's one thing. Maybe somebody cutting in line in the toilet queue because you know it's a toilet queue. It is what it is. Um, even if they do cut, you know you're going to get you know you're going to get in there eventually even if you have to wait half an hour you're going to wait four hours like you do in the queue but from what i've been reading online some people have been waiting up to four hours um in the queue this is a non-special event also so it's fucking brutal it's maybe a bit humid over there so it's extra awful and obviously you're nerve wracking it's nerve wracking queue because you know the flipping rejection rate is so high over there so anyway all that into account look at this person's look at this person's story right the scum of berlin i love this one Today, I stood in line for six hours, stupid, I know, but I'm very stubborn, and I couldn't let go of the sunk cost of already having queued for a couple of hours. I read reports in the updates um Fred that significant amount of people cut through the sorry cut throughout the night. I befriended a bunch of people in the line early in the night when we were closer to the snake. A smaller group went ahead of us to cut. I walked past and stepped in front of them and sternly and loudly told them everybody else waited X amount of hours in line and they needed to go back. They were shameless. They didn't, they didn't cut us, but rather hung around and cut people who were a bit further behind us. <laughs> that is really, really heinous behavior. You don't cut in front of me. You then go and cut in front of people behind Then another group tried to cut and when I confronted two of them, again loud enough to be heard by others, they said that they were joining their friends and in response to my arguments that Berliners don't wait five hours in line. Ask anyone or the bouncers. While I was preoccupied during this exchange, I was outnumbered and more of their group went around me and joined their friends. Once we got closer to the snake I told a couple of people I'd met to join me in cutting in front of the people who cut us. In the end when the long string of us who met each other today got to the door, we were all denied very swiftly in in burst fire <laughs> imagine imagine they did all of that to try and get back at the cue cutters but then when they got to the front they all got denied is that what i'm reading right um i'm sure i'm reading it right in the end when we when the long string of us who met each other today got to the door we were all denied very swiftly in burst fire we stayed divided either queuing solo or in pairs I can stomach waiting in line for six hours and being turned away there is seemingly no foul play there but I can't stand the scummy and despicable parasites I described above. If they cut people in plain sight because they feel so entitled and uh, they are so too impatient for heading a escapades, I wonder what they do when no one is looking Ooh, you're, trying to, you're trying to equate line cutting to being a pedo or something Like the person needs to ch- chill <laughs> Um, in any case, as petty as it is, I, I was I w- I wish suffering upon them. Mamma mia. And maybe if I wrote this after sleep and without adrenaline still rushing through me, I'd be more appropriately wish that they find peace instead. It was also disappointing to know that no one acted in solidarity with me. I was doing all the talking. People um, could have just stood next to or behind me, but no one offered their support, which was more discouraging. Anyways, thanks for listening to my rant. So imagine this person was really, really pissed off and frustrated, angry, furious. And of course, as per usual, with these flipping hipsters over there, that club, they were just all flipping passive. They didn't want to flip in engaged. They didn't want to say anything. They didn't want to upset the apple cart because they all were looking after number one. But in this effort, I think personally, in these situations, you're actually looking after each other if you actually help somebody. That's what you're actually doing, oddly enough. Because if you'd step in and say something, that's also going to help and limit the time that you have to wait. Personally, if it's me, I've never, ever let anybody cut in front of me in a queue out there. I don't care. Like, I've got into actual arguments in that queue with people. Like I'm just not going to have it. So one time I got into an argument with a girl and she was talking mad shit. And then, you know, after a while, she just got uncomfortable and left the queue, you know you kind of have to swing that you know big black boy energy around sometimes (laughs) and then another time with some guys who were trying to cut in the queue and i just didn't want to argue with them so i just decided to just walk in front of them i mean they cut in front of me so i just cut in front of them and that was it just like a silent little protest and that was basically it but i think it's incredibly rude um and i also think it's incredibly unnecessary because let's just say there is this unwritten rule no one knows this because no one said it officially, but let's just say there's this unspoken rule, right? Unspoken, unwritten rule that if you're local, um, if you're, if you live there over there, right? And you, or you're a regular, wherever it may be, that you have the luxury of cutting the queue, right? That's what they, they say. Like they know you, they've seen you all the time. You live here. You shouldn't be queuing behind all these tourists. Cool. But then ask somebody, just ask, just go up to them. If you went up to a regular tourist and said, hey, me and my friends are regulars, we come here all the time. Is it okay if we cut in front of you? Because, you know, we're here, we don't acute. some Most people, in my opinion, nine times out of 10 will say okay. But I think it's just the entitlement of cutting in line in front of somebody and feeling like you deserve to go in front of them. is just a thing that really pisses me off because legitimately, if you ask me beforehand, more likely than not, I'm going to let you in front, especially if I'm, you know, a bit tooted up and whatnot, I've got a little bit of bubbly in me and whatnot, I'm probably in a good mood, I'm feeling good, I want to chat, I want to hang out and shit, I'm probably going to say yeah, and even if I'm not in a good mood, I'm probably going to say yeah anyway, most people will, but it's just the fact that you take it upon yourself to cut in front of people, not say sorry, not say excuse me, not ask permission, and just assume... That you are allowed to flip and cut in front, you know, while people were waiting outside in the queue for ages. And it's, you know, so what were you doing in that time? Here I am in the queue waiting for four hours or whatnot to get into this fucking club. And you were doing what? You were out there having the fucking chicken Caesar salad. You were out there fucking scratching your pussy and sleep while you were sleeping. And I have to stand in the queue and you have the luxury of waking up when you want and clickety clacking along the fucking queue and getting there when you want. Nah, that's not cool. That's not cool in the slightest. So I really do have sympathy for people who kind of go through this, but I do think there is... Um, you just need to stand up for yourself. You can't let these guys come in and kind of push you around and cut in line and think that they can, you know, do and say what they want because they have some sort of level of superiority. And again, it's a club. It's not that deep. If you don't get in, you can go to plenty of others in that city and go and have a good time but you shouldn't stand there and accept any level of disrespect that's just my point of view i'm just not going to accept it in any slightest way possible but i do appreciate the hellfire this person had right where they legitimately legitimately felt like they would wish kind of you know what what they say (laughs) um i wish only suffering upon them i love this i love this honesty in it because sometimes you do feel like that way when somebody gets in and you don't you usually feel like that yeah you know i mean you just want them to fucking trip over and bust their teeth on the stairs as they're walking up or something so i'm glad that they were honest and said it as they actually mean it so big up that poster and big up everybody that went during the week i hope you had your funds yo big up the chat big up uche nice to see you there big up severa design big up big up big up big up big up um let's continue here so continuing on with the Bergheim news we also got this news regarding an exhibition going to be taking place which i'll probably end up going out to see it's kind of web free nft um what you call it augmented reality looking like but it's actually quite interesting because one of the bouncers there who um, I've seen a couple of times called Mishka, who everybody talks about in the subreddit and stuff. He takes pictures. So I didn't know that. I didn't know Mishka was a a photographer because everybody knows Sven, one of the main guys there, the guys with all the tattoos and the piercing on his face. He's obviously very well known for his photography, but I had no idea that Mishka was also a photographer too. And he's put together an exhibition. And this is courtesy of Beat Portal. It says Nacht, which is, I guess, German for nights. And it's his name, Mishka Fan, how do you spell that? Mishka fan Gal, how do, you do? Mishka fan, Gahalin, Fan Gahalin, right? Curtis, your people It says the following. Arm, um, Ben Clock, Chris Liebling, Dixon DVS1, Ellen Allian, Freddie K, Len Facky, Seth Troxler, and more lead the artistic lineup documented in a line in limited edition techno scene portrait series by iconic Bergen photographer Mishka. Beeple has announced the arrival of Beeple.io, a new cultural um, driven marketplace for electronic music where artists and labels can share their music and art in a new collectible format. Okay cool so I guess IO is going to be their platform where they can sell NFTs and shit right on Beeple. That's going to be pretty interesting going forward how that ends up developing it says here and put the check back on the screen um beat ports first uh Project showcases the multi-part art series called Nax, portraying Berlin's techno scene by photographer Mishka, who has been working as a bouncer for Berlin for over ten years. The series was developed in collaboration with some of the underground Berlin techno scene's most highly regarded artists. In August 2023, the first limited edition of drop of Nax series will be released, and a collaboration with DJ producer Figure label Lenfaki, including a bonus track from his latest album Fusion. It's good to for the project. Further editions will include the musicians that I mentioned Ellen Allian, Freddie k Gerd Yansen, Marcel Fengler, Norman Nodge, Patrick Mason. Pick up Patrick Mason, that's a big look for him. Roy Perez, Sev Choxa. Next includes portraits of over 175 personalities. I wish I had my picture taken there. That would be fucking awesome. You see my fucking big head. <laughs> which along with the music that exclusively produced for the purposes um, formed the foundation of the immersive artwork that are gener- had generatively composed um, via AR models. In sync with the music's rhythm, um, Miska's portraits degenerate into um, constructive, that? Constructivist patterns, constructivist patterns morph into the figurative forms and images, ultimately converging into a comprehensive and awe-inspiring works um, depicting this rarely documented community, thereby forming an artistic document of the contemporary techno culture. Mishka explains his work. He says the next, the next project um, started during the first lockdown as an idea. If this is it, if no club in Berlin will ever open again, how are we going to preserve what we had? How are we going to mem- memorialise this culture in the event that everything was gone? How could I document the range of characters that came together in the scene? Looking at the different people, and the shape of this culture, I understand why it's so important to have places in which everyone can simply come together and be themselves. That's why I want to share how beautiful life can be. Yeah, that seems really nice. I really like that. I can't wait to check it out. Len Faki adds The force behind this project matched very well with some of my own feelings during lockdowns. Um, I could totally connect with it. I think this is such a nice idea to capture our world um, through the people it consists of, especially in a moment when we didn't know it would actually be like before again. I'm very honoured to be a part of this. Mishka's accompanying portrait NAX will open as part of the up and coming Berlin um, art week in September the 14th where collectors can use the NFT as a ticket to access. So really looking forward to that and checking it out when that does happen. So September 14th is when Berlin art week happens. So I'm definitely going to be checking it out and hopefully it stays around for long so it can be an exhibition that a lot of people who are living a bit further out can go and check. And there's more details here courtesy of Attack Magazine. we got some some pictures here that kind of show what you might see there going in and then we've also got a handy update here courtesy of um, brenda hashtag on flipping what you call it twitter and unfortunately, she's not going to be opening her Twitter again anytime soon. I think Tabby Gate kind of burned my girl Brenda. Hashtag, but still big up her for providing more information. She said, When Bergheim Bouncer Mischko invites you to a private dinner in preview of his new exhibition, Nights, um, which features 175 portraits of Berlin Techno scene, you go. So she took some pictures of the private view, I guess, members only type of event that happened, which looks pretty good. Little private dinner there. You see the cards there with his name. Um, next slide. You also see some portraits of the people there featured, um, in and around the texan scene over there in Berlin. And then you also have this. Sorry about the sound. It kind of spooked me as well. I guess you have some video content here. And then the last slide is boom, boom, boom a picture with some words on it on the screen which you can't really see too tough but yeah i think it's probably the blurb that was on there so looking forward to seeing this exhibition when it does launch myself anyway um courtesy of beatport.io got it here mishka nax happening very very soon during berlin art week so definitely go check it out if you're in and around the town definitely go and check it out if you're in and around the town and if you're not i'm sure people will take pictures of it anyway so you won't be it won't be that much of a bother so you can see what's going on so moving on to that one way to quickly mention this um regarding the current conversation going around um, regarding travis scott's album utopia I think some people are still coming to grips with how underwhelming it is and how basically mid it is and how it probably didn't live up to expectation. And I think one of the best takes, um, you know, that kind of back up some things I was speaking about with my little review that I mentioned in a previous podcast is this person on Twitter who had a very, who'd kind of put it in much better ways than I could have put it. So this person's called Evan ritley Ridley whiskey right ritley whiskey and this person is a writer contributor for pitchfork and also has worked at places like radio milwaukee wmsc shepherd's express and all the other places so a journalist that kind of knows what they're talking about and i feel they put you know the whole you know feeling and the 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 kind of vibe around Travis scott's album in a really good way so they said the following the new Travis scott sounds amazing It's exquisitely curated as ever, but the vacuous emptiness at its core, where a real person should be, is now so glaring, it's almost unnerving. He creates these massive, expansive canvases and uses them to express literally nothing. it's honestly eerie how scott manages to avoid conveying any actual thoughts opinions insights or even really basic humanity there's no worldwide view in the scott verse no perspective or lived experience every verse is an empty stream of predictive text. scott has three defining qualities one he's a great he's his great ear Two, his complete lack of personality. And three, I'm sorry, but this is running theme, his chilling disregard for his fan safety. And there are moments when these qualities play off each other in a very uncanny and unsettling ways. Scott never addresses the Asher World tragedy on the album because he never addresses anything. But suggestions of a crowd crush are all over this song anyway. It just does, it just, I just don't think he cares or even really thinks about it much at all. Just callous emptiness. And of course, they've got the intro here to the song featuring Tezo Touchdown, where he goes, yeah, 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 turn it up to the maker, vibrate up, roof shaker of Quaker, annihilator, verse one, baby, please get off the gram, I like you better in the stands, I upgrade my OnlyFan, it do, I don't need a cam. This right here, my new modern jam, I'm on fire, the new Burning Man. (laughs) Anyway, whenever the internet debates the possibility of an AI pop star, I always think we already have one. Basically, Travis Scott, same mercenary focus on music as a pleasure center co-sequence with no moral or human center to distract from that pursuit. Yo, this is brutal, but so true. And I think I mentioned it in my review, how his ability to be extremely safe but i think in in this sense it's basically devoid of a personality it has been a strength that's why he's been you know before the World tragedy you know travis scott was probably one of the most brand friendly rappers out there he doesn't really get in any drama um no baby mother no baby mother stuff no gang stuff no fight stuff like he's pretty you know Pre below the radar kind of thing. So it kind of allows him to marry up with brands like McDonald's and whatnot. And there'd be you no know, real issue. Was if they kind of married up with somebody else, there'll be all these things that come out of the woodwork and it'll go a bit crazy. But unfortunately, over the years, it seems like that emptiness that he has of his lack of personality is now hampering him at a stage of his career where he should be saying something. And it's not that I think someone left me a comment saying that, oh, not every not every piece of music has to have a message behind it. No one's saying message. If you see what this person spoke about Evan, I think they put it really well. It's not even about a message. It's more so just about all of these words here, right? It's honestly eerie how Scott manages to avoid conveying any actual thoughts, opinions, insights, or even real basic humanity. There's no worldview in Travis Scott's verse, and that's very true. It's not even the fact that he doesn't have anything to say. It's that there's just nothing there at all like we don't know his perspective on anything. We know he likes bad bitches, we know he likes take, you know, catching flights and stuff and raging, but do we even know what he likes to drink? Do we even know what drugs he likes? Do we know what food he's like? I don't know, zero. We don't know jack shit about the guy. All we hear is him kind of moaning and groaning on these amazingly produced flipping records which legitimately sound very um movie like, right? They sound like a soundtrack. That's what they actually sound like. But unfortunately, the rest of it just there's nothing else there to really kind of grab you and that's basically where he's at as an artist and maybe this explains why there's these pictures going around of travis allegedly back in the studio again i think deep down if he is an artist um, which i still believe he is even though you know the the, the the output isn't the greatest i'm pretty sure he knows deep down that he probably didn't um come with you know the the work that he probably should have in terms of this album that's why he's probably going back straight to the lab to try and rustle some new thing up again but i just feel like overall it's just a shame because what it it's a shame but it's also a good thing because i think what it does do it does make us appreciate the likes of the Tyler the creators the likes of the asap no Rocky. sorry the likes of the kanye west and maybe a few other people who actually do try and even playboy car is a good example who they try to present something new they come with a new sound they come with a new aesthetic they try and change and mix things up and actually take a risk because what you hear with this travis got utopia album is stuff that you could have probably heard in days gone by you know in other albums right days before road this sort of stuff it kind of sounds like an extension of that sort of stuff like maybe an evolution or a sharpening or whatever it may be. but it's not really going anywhere so it's interesting to see other people also kind of feeling the same and i think the travis fanboys are trying their best to kind of you know rewrite the narrative but i think even them can you know even most of those guys can you know agree that the album probably doesn't live up to even to their lofty expectations and i think that is more than fair to kind of say but then there was a really interesting review that I saw actually on Pitchfork that I want to read because I feel like the score was very accurate, even though people on social media are going crazy over it. So it's this is courtesy of Pitchfork. And again, Pitchfork reviews, you have to take with a bit pinch of salt. But I thought this number was fairly accurate in terms of describing or kind of, you know, reviewing or surmising the kind of, you know, what level the kind of music is at. And this reviewer gave Travis Scott's Utopia 5.7 and they said the following right and i'm going to read it to you now what this review says because i thought it was fairly on point and kind of put into words what i've been thinking regarding travis scott and his album in general so it said the following in circus maximus the 75 minute Documentary brain poem that accompanies Travis Scott's Utopia. Our hero Travis gets into a scuffle with a tentacle creature and headbangs into an open field. He then climbs a mountain to seek an audience in an open in seeking audience with Rick Rubin to confess a deep-seated fear that he has been gnawing at his soul. Do I still have an ability to rage? This is Travis Scott's idea of getting vulnerable. honestly i didn't we haven't seen this movie yet but they've seen it already but he's got this movie that i think he made in collaboration with was it Spike jones who is it with i forgot who it was with it's made with somebody in collaboration right and really esteemed director and the thing that he did was get rick rubin involved who is fucking it's a tired trope to pull out rick rubin to get introspective and shit right the fucking world champion of grifters right fucking rick rubin and now the the question that's kind of been gnawing away his soul is does he have the ability to still rage? That's the thing that's keeping him up at night. I think it's hilarious because for the most part for the most part, it's good to see, right? Because what it does do is that it does kind of agree with our initial thoughts. You remember when the Astro World tragedy happened, right? When the Astro Tragedy happened, right? we all kind of saw the apology that travis scott did where he was kind of rubbing his face and trying his best to look like he was sad but he didn't really give a fuck and we all immediately felt it right we could all immediately tell this guy wasn't being sincere he really didn't give a fuck what happened to those kids at his festival he didn't really give a shit that they died it kind of is what it is in his head and he just went to move on get back to doing music and i think the rumors at the time was that he actually went through the show the next day but obviously that got you know cancelled and whatnot and I think we saw it. We can kind, of, we kind of, we kind of felt it. So I think it's fairly evident. It's fairly interesting to see that all those kind of feelings that we had, those gut instincts that we had, are now being proven to be true. Because clearly, Travis is like maybe on the spectrum. I'm not too sure, or just one of those guys that's just you know, like doesn't really feel much outside of the outside of the music when it's in the studio. So anyway, let's do the following. It continues. This is Travis' idea of getting vulnerable since he released his. In- is his inescapable album <laughs> i love all the i love how snidey pitchfork writers are every line is very snidey very snarky everything is fucking amazing Since he released his inescapable album, World five years ago, Travis has fully embraced this persona as the ultimate hooligan, even after tragedy put that character under fire. In 2021, while he performed one of his raucous sets at his hometown Astroworld Festival in Houston, 10 people were killed and thousands more were injured during the sudden crowd crash. While uh, while While Travis remains a defendant in several civil suits, He was not held criminally responsible for the incident and has seemingly moved on or pretended it never happened. (laughs) Spoiler alert. He still does have the ability to rage. And to get that across here in Utopia, a big empty rap blockbuster that lives in the shadows of other big, less empty rap blockbusters, specifically those by Kanye West. That probably won't be a surprise to anyone who's ever heard any songs by Travis Scott, who's been a yay disciple since the the days of getting some production credits on users a decade ago but utopia veers from the heavy inspiration into travis pretty much trying to single white female him jesus christ this review well that's impossible because even with the moody auto-tune wobbling of 808 heartbreaks the grand maestro vibes of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy the icy electro stints of Jesus, and the famous friend appalooza of the life of pablo travis is missing arguably the most important aspect of kanye even at his most wild most narcissistic most famous kanye still felt shit right still felt shit Raw no matter how much he tinkered, layered or absorbed, unafraid to look like a fool, or at least convinced that he was so cool that it didn't matter if he did. In the Circus Maximus film, the visuals are at times so pristine and polished that Travis looks like a cyborg. Utopia does sound a lot like that too. See, that guy said as well that Travis feels like an AI and this guy's basically saying Travis comes across like a robot in the movie. Fucking hell. Sometimes the, man, the marquee features and shiny productions are good at masking the fact that Travis is an emotional black hole on the mic. The the digitised lilts of a blonde-inspired fogginess of my eyes sound nice enough, especially when sprinkled with dreamy riffing from Samford and Justin Vernon the rage beat on fiend is played out but playboy carty's new vocal trick sounded like he has bronchitis sucks up the attention <laughs> and just feels like travis does a bunch of ad-libbing that's unfair though i think that Trav, i think that flipping um what's he called i think that playboy carty verse on fiend's amazing hearing his deep voice is pretty cool it kind of reminds me of um that clip that's going viral a little bit of that gay guy who said he's a crip and he's trying to put on these like fog voice, but it's just his voice, but just a little bit with a little bit of bass in it. It kind of reminds me of that sort of thing. Or like when sometimes, you know, you see trans people on the street, like get into an argument with somebody and they'll have their fem voice and somebody will say something shit. And they'll be like, you know, they'll get into their deep voice. That's what it kind of felt like. So big up Playboy Carty for doing that. Future is a strong over the orchestral beat of um, telekinesis. And I like when he raps, counting so much money till my skin peel. SZA is here too, sounding good and sounding like she's collecting a check. (laughs) But again, at his peak, Kanye was able to draw uh, show-stopping features out of collaborators. Um, These are nothing more than a fleeting frills. Travis needs these knockout guest appearances because nobody expects him to carry an album by himself. The bar for him as a rapper is already low he's here for the vibes not the skill yeah do you guys remember travis scott's um double XL? people shouldn't be surprised at him saying nothing was it double like excel he remember he had a freestyle when he did double XL. he's wearing like this like um jumper it's like Titanic jumper and he's got like the jumper thing over his face and it's got, it's got like all holes on it and shit and he's just like i don't know what he's saying he's just rambling some shit that that should have given us an indication of what Travis's uh, rapping ability is like. I'm pretty sure he's a double XL rapper, R- 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 cypher and shit. He's just horrible. It's not, it's not even horrible. It's just there's nothing there. You know I mean? he's just, it's just all vibes. But obviously, he's skating on the beat, but it's just nothing is being said, actually. And I think now, unfortunately, we're living in the era where people do want you to say something, even if it's toxic, even if it's destructive, even if it's harmful give us something you know (laughs) it continues but it doesn't sound like he's leveled up because his life is so different now than when he tries to act like it's not he comes off as a fake as hell his romantic breakups and his reconciliations have been endless tabloid Fodder his future as a back Bankable mainstream act seemed uncertain after the Travis, the Ashrawald, sorry, disaster. That's not asking him to suddenly be a lyricist, but one of the basic attributes we expect um, from rappers is to be real with us, or at least convince us that they're not purely bullshitting. Mild edginess, like I got yay over Biden. On schizo or blank mosh pit ready tracks such as Topia Topia so Topia Twins, just come off as deflections. It's a it's scared rapping, hiding behind the flipping spectacle. Rah, this rapper's calling Travis Scott scary. Imagine that this writer's calling Travis Scott scary it continues even more so than his past projects Utopia has a rapid beat switch ups stack credits and cinematic songs for no other reason than he thinks that is what signals an event album Modern Jam features some embarrassingly uninspired stripped down rapping by Travis <laughs> but oh the mildly funky beat is co-produced by Guy Manuel de Hommand Christo of, of Daft Punk. Meltdown is Diet Sicko Mode. Oh don't say that. I love Meltdown. I thought Drake's verse was fucking bad boy. Um, but oh man, Drake Dis Pharrell new office job. Okay, it was kind of funny. On the Lestros, Echoes, the shimmering and buffering noise gets topped with Beyonce's whales Never mind that she's going through the motions, like Robert Downing Jr. gets appearance in Minor Marvel movies. This Beyonce feature is about as deep as it nods to its Houston roots. Uh, and still it's Beyonce. Rap is just it's such a regional culture even for the megastars, whether it's Drake or Toronto, Drake with Toronto or Kendrick with LA, or a little bit with Atlanta, the connection to their home grounds, um, grounds them as they become international superstars. Travis still had that of Astro world, where the chopped and screwed big hawk sample of sicker mode, or the homage to the RIP RIP screw, went along and making him feel like a real person. Utopia is a global ambition, sacrifice that little bit of realness he had left. I'm not really sure about that point so it's not even surprising that k-pop exists a diabolically stupid plan to create the most popular song in the world you have travis the Weeknd, and bad Bunny fusing their crones together over a sourceless afro pop rhythm on a track where the title supposedly isn't a reference to the korean pop genre or to the game pop genre to game extra clicks but has the same effect that's a good point actually. i didn't think about that why is it called k-pop when it isn't a k-pop song it's actually an Afrobeat song an afro pop song huh? the algorithm will love it congrats on one on the hit song surprised he didn't round out the chart chasing by a hit by hitting up morgan Wellen. Yeah, that would have been fucking gross in it if you had a morgan Welland song to end it but to be fair though k-pop i didn't like as a single but in sequence of the album it does sound pretty good um it didn't sound good on its own i thought it sounded trash but in sequence when you listen to the whole album it does sound actually pretty decent For all this blinding star power, every moment on Utopia should feel seismic or at the very least impactful. Think of Quaver's melodic Fantasia on all oh My This Side or Nav's ice-cold breeziness on Biebs in the Trap or even Drake's mode verses which basically implanted into your brain permanently after one listen. Now without those, all he has to back himself up is production. Even that is so safe. He waters down the cutting-edge sounds of the past and in the process flattens his southerness to the point where he feels like he's from nowhere. Woo-hoo-hoo! Oh, this this review is scathing. The tra- to Travis's credit, rap needs blockbusters too. Many of the genre's great albums of the year are completely absorbed in regional movements and they've aren't even cutting through the noise. See Sexy Reds, Hood Hottest Prince Sexy Reds, Hood Hottest Princess, and V's Gang ganga Um, but it also would be nice to have a watercolour moment. So why can't i speak today but it also would be nice to have a water cooler monocultural event a conversation piece that you can talk about with anyone everywhere we need those albums that end all the widespread fear-mongering that rap is a downward spiral just because they're struggling to get a number one hit this year rap albums that become so ubiquitous in pop culture that when you look back at the moment in life it will be inextricable There are fewer moments like this than in art in general anymore, but to get there, the hollow spectacle of utopia is not enough. You want something to grab onto beyond that, an idea, a feeling, honesty. You want music with a vision that can make you feel like your world or the world is different, even for a moment. Man, this is a fucking scathing review. Pretty brutal, to be fair. If I'm in Travis' team, I don't want him to read this because this might hurt your feelings. But I agree with a lot of what this guy said. I can't deny it. I do agree with a lot of it. I think there were some snarky bits that probably did need to be included in there. But I think overall, um, it does it is it a good thing because what it does do, it does say that we all hold Travis up on a high pedestal. We know he's you know we know he can do much better than this and we were all kind of collectively disappointed you know in culture because we all were waiting for this album to maybe turn up on you know during summer and shit have it banging in the background during barbecue season and shit but unfortunately it's not really an album that people are going to be playing back to front anytime soon maybe there's a bunch of tracks you can play in a gym like i'm thinking now to put in a gym playlist maybe you know a good sort of like mix of tunes maybe Meltdown, yeah maybe Sirens Meltdown and Fiend, does are some pretty good tunes, back to back to put in the flipping playlist if you're going to go to gym and shit and maybe even the first, yeah maybe you go for the first 10, I'd go maybe first 10 records you could probably get through with putting those in the flipping playlist, but the rest of it isn't that great. So I do really agree with this writer, big up Alfonso, uh, was it Alfonso Pierre for putting this review together, very well done. Um, snarky bits aside, which you know is probably part of course when it comes to writing reviews for Pitchfork, I feel like he really did um, surmise some of my feelings um, in a really eloquent way and kind of was brutally honest in terms of you know, where Travis is in his current position going forward and some of the character flaws that we've seen in him in recent years so that was great to see from him big up him what are people saying here in the chat t scott is a bad person but these critics are just being haters on the music yeah but i think it's good to be haters on the music i think we do need more of that we do need some we need we, we do need more criticism in that way we do need more flipping um we do need it to be honest art is a bit you know it's a bit weird in that respect. We kind of do need it to be fair. Um, what are we say, <laughs> I expect a snarky review from anybody called Alfonso. Is it Alfon? How do you, how do you pronounce that? Would you pronounce that Alfonzi or Al-f- Alfonso, right? Or Al-fons-y, I'm not too sure, but either way, um, that person was not happy with Travis. Anyway, moving on from that one, we've got this. This is fucking wild, right? Because I'm really curious to know what's going on with this new trend on social media, especially with the ladies where they're posting up screenshots of their conversations with random men on dating sites, or on dating apps, sorry. And I guess this one in particular probably is Hinge, I've never used it, um, or t- t- Twitter, Tinder and shit like that, right? People are using all this stuff, right, to kind of post up their weird conversations with guys and have them up on social. And most of the reason why they're doing it feels like it's to kind of dunk on the guy to kind of be like oh haha ha, look how dumb and stupid this guy is right it's really strange i don't really understand what this is all about and one example of this is this person here who posted this thread right and she said the following in a caption i asked the guy for his most controversial opinion and i dot 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 so she asked the guy for his controversial opinion and the guy texts her back on hinge and said the following i don't care about the writer's strike i think there are way too many pseudo-intellectual wannabe artists in hollywood 99% of films and TV shows are trash and it's ultimately killing the industry anyway. Find another profession. Woo! And full disclosure, I actually majored in screenwriting and directing in college. <laughs> so in my opinion, maybe because I'm you know, listening to too many flipping red pilled people or I'm a, I'm a little bit edgy in my own way. But I think this is a pretty lukewarm take. I think there are many people out there who have similar sort of takes when it comes to the writer strike and, you know, actor's strike and whatnot. I think we could all agree, regardless of what genre of stuff we'd like to watch, whether it's sci-fi, whether it's drama, whether it's thrillers, whether it's fucking reality TV. I think we can all collectively agree that the quality of all our shows has somewhat decreased over the last what two decades or so right there is a lot of like ideologically possessed shows out there A loads of fucking agendas being pushed on our shows loads of fucking you know um you know just nonsense that doesn't need to be there and you know good writing has definitely fallen by the wayside maybe we don't have enough good writers maybe the studios and the production companies aren't basically rewarding good writers for good work who knows but regardless we can all say the quality overall has kind of really died so most of us can say that so most of us can also sympathize with the actors who are striking and the directors and the writers and stuff because we know that these streaming companies are you know fucking them over we know the streaming companies are not giving them good splits they're not giving them residuals and shit and that needs to change much like tim dylan i think i agree with tim dylan tim dylan basically says the ai thing isn't going to go back right like they're not going to put the ai genie back in a bottle anytime soon that's fair but they should find a way to compensate the people who write and act in these things you know well at the moment they're not being compensated well and that needs to kind of be worked out with the streaming companies but with that being said, you can also be honest and say these guys, writers and actors, they don't really have a lot of wiggle room, these artists that work there, right? Because the work is so bad at the moment from them. You don't really have a lot of, you know, you don't really have a point of position that you can kind of argue from where you can say you're indispensable. Because I think most of us can agree that are pretty decent prompts on an AI, you know could probably put together a pretty decent collection of shows that could rival what we kind of have at the moment so it kind of seems like a lot of the protest a lot of the striking is probably going to fall on deaf ears eventually and they're all going to probably just have to accept what they're given and kind of go from there so when i see this point i don't really see anything too crazy but i just find it insane number one in my opinion that you ask somebody a question you ask them hey what's your most controversial opinion and then you get surprised when they tell you a controversial opinion. And then you get so surprised that you want to share that controversial opinion to your other thousands of followers on social media in an effort to dunk on that person. Fair enough, she was fair and nice enough to not include the person's picture or their face or their fucking you know, name and shit and you know, preserve their privacy. But I just think it's quite insane that this has become like a trend now this whole dunking on strangers type of thing to make yourself feel better. And obviously the, the replies have been, you know, absolutely sucking her off. But I think all of it is absolutely crazy. Exactly. The guy, I someone guy I follow here said, I mean, you asked another person said the real red flag is asking people for their most controversial opinions in the first place. So you can judge them for how controversial it is. Another person says, what a loser. So some people are clearly getting at her, but this person here said, tell me at least he didn't know you were a screenwriter. When he said this, he did not. Um, did you just did you did you just jump dump that guy yell at that guy and she says here um, in her excellent writing right being a writer oh I was she says "Um, in my response what you say let's just say firm what kind of sentence is that you're meant to be a writer and you say oh I was comma in my response comma let's just say dot 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 firm that sounds absolutely insane But yeah, I don't understand these people. I think this behavior is unhinged. I want us to get to a place in society where we just stop sharing private DMs and messages with people that we have like in general with the public, unless it has to do with, you know, the flipping conviction of a crime or something, or in some respect, then you shouldn't be sharing any private correspondence with anybody on social media. I just think it's incredibly, um, you know, in poor taste, it's completely classless. And if anything, unless the screenshot really does help to maybe clarify your position on a certain thing, you always, I feel like, ends up blowing back on the person that's sharing it more often than not it ends up making you look like a worse person so just stop just stop and leave people alone you know respect their privacy if you don't like them you need to just block them unlink them whatever you have to do on hinge and shit but you don't need to be posting up there flipping replies on social media for people you know to mock them and stuff because Claire fair enough his picture's not there we don't know what his name is but that guy still has feelings he's still not gonna be feeling too good about himself hearing that the whole the internet is flipping, been dunking on him and making it seem like he's some sort of you know conservative crazy guy because he thinks you know the flipping hollywood actors and stuff are you know maybe not worth their flipping money that they're asking for it's absolutely crazy man i think it's all really really strange to me personally i absolutely hate it i absolutely hate it really do um but yeah what can i do what can you do people here do whatever they want to do they want to do what they want to do moving on from that one we have this to talk about here quickly this is courtesy of little yachties podcast um called a safe place and it features an interview with kai cena now i wanted to play this clip in particular because it features these guys talking about tricking and i feel like tricking is a weird phenomenon that's kind of gained popularity Nowadays, with the kids coming up, because I feel like a lot of these young boys, especially these young men, have now become way more successful, way more rich at a very early age. So they have the ability to do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing at their age right in a weird way it's kind of strange they have access to things that they probably should be having access to much later in their life so with that being said and social media and access to people it makes a lot of sense why these guys would with a lot of expend with a lot of um uh, disposable income would be open to the idea of like flying strangers across the country to come and visit them But I've legitimately always thought it's unhinged. And I've always thought it was unhinged from the moment I heard the whole tricking thing from Joe Budden. When I used to listen to the Joe Budden podcast with the original crew with Rory O'Mall on there, there was always a common running joke that Joe was a trick joe would always kind of fly girls out he'd take them places all this sort of stuff he'd take them on holidays first dates or second dates just this weird behavior and i never understood it in my head i could never understand why somebody would want to invite a stranger on holidays holiday as a date as a guy number two i wouldn't under, i couldn't get in my head around why a woman would accept to go on a date like that because if anything you know if 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 women in general are afraid of being left alone with random dudes that they just met off the internet how much more going on holiday with somebody you don't really know or you have to kind of be with them and them alone in a room or whatever it may be it just seems like such a recipe for disaster it doesn't make any complete sense but clearly it's a thing that people do people do all the time because they want to spend time with beautiful men with beautiful women happens all the time me personally having grown up the way i've grown up it's just never been an option to try and win somebody's love or affection for you with money I guess because I had the ability to maybe grow up in an area where, you know, you were kind of rewarded and credited and looked as like a bad boy. If you had the ability to kind of draw and pull girls with no money in your pocket, it was actually looked at as a point of pride. So to then be the guy that's suddenly now trying to use the money I have to try and get people to like me is just wild. I could never see that happening. But then again, I don't have Kai Sina and Lil Yai Mani. Maybe if I had Kai Cena and little Money, my whole brain would change. Yeah, maybe it would change if I did have the money that these guys have. But let's just play the clip anyway, because I think this is a very interesting clip to kind of see the mind of these young kids and how they're kind of thinking about relationships and hookups and meets and stuff, because I can't ever in my wildest dreams you think that going to meet, you know, taking a stranger on a holiday is a good way to kind of get to know somebody? It just seems fucking insane. So let's take the chat off the screen and let's play the video because I think this is a pretty interesting insight into how these kids are thinking now. No, yeah,
1: but it was definitely worth it though. Well, let's uh, let's pivot. I want to get into some shit. I'm curious. Okay, talk to me. You be tricking? Do I be tricking? You be tricking? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Oh, wait, but but remember, absolutely it. remember it over. You could be you can, No, listen. we could get into this. this and listen, this, this and, listen, and listen, I know the first thing to do is just to
0: say, I, I get it. That's the cool thing. But you could be honest here, bro. No, no I don't mean I know no nobody
1: nobody is seeing this shit. Yeah, yeah. For a, sure. Exactly. Nobody's okay. talking exactly. seeing this shit. Exactly. See, it's it's between about. us three. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen. Absolutely not. And let me tell you why. I'm here. Let me ask you a question real quick. Okay. Is getting an Uber or going out to eat tricking? What kind of eat?
0: Yeah, the eating can get I mean, it don't matter, restaurant.
1: Just, like, like I'm okay, like, dude, let's do let's do a steak, like just a steakhouse. Okay, like a, like a steakhouse. Is that, going out to uh, eat? No, that's a date. No, what yeah, no, if she gets is. like the gold steak? She getting like, No, 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 wait, hold on. No, no, she coming to Golden <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, bro. That's like, Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you hey, And a, a whole <laughs> wine bottle. A whole wine bottle. <laughs> of, like, never know. <laughs> I, I never know. Like, I, I couldn't give you, a, you know. Go Okay, Gold State is fucking insane. Okay? That's okay. 24 karat gold State. It, it, it's fucking insane. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, like, They bring a nigga out who, goddamn. That's what I'm saying. They bringing a out like, the fire hole, damn, they shut the lights off in the whole goddamn venue, the music start playing. No, but I think, the. Uh, uh, I I don't I don't do it because okay so like I don't think Ubers or dinner. I don't think tricky. that counts. No, tricky. okay, no. eliminate that. Now here's what's tricking is okay. Yo, let's go shopping. That's h- a form h- of it. Here's some. What do you mean? That's Wait, tricky That's one form. It's a lot of tricks oh, Okay, okay no, like, no there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's definitely one form. Yeah. Um, I or like.
0: I right, so, think you never, so okay. Me
1: personally flying out is crazy. Wait, paying what? for flights is what? crazy. It's Me horrible. personally playing flights right, is crazy. Wait, I am right, not, i are right, not, you I'm being honest, bro. Flying somebody out is insane. You never did it, never. All right, so what about what about the whole uh, you know, messing with chicken? It's like, hey, God, baby, um, oh, my rent is um, oh, bro, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh my gosh, okay, so I actually have a story time. Oh, okay, I got, I got, I'm gonna say about the rent thing first of all. I've never, I'm looking at all three cameras when I say this, I've never, (laughs) ever have visited a fucking city to where a large majority, like Atlanta, a lot of people are looking to get their rent paid. And it's actually fucking crazy. Bro. Absolutely crazy. A long time ago when I first moved here, bro, this shit blew my fucking mind. I was laying in bed with some girl, bro. Mm. Mid laying in bed, as I'm about to go to sleep, she says, why the fuck am I even here? I said, man, hold on. Wait. What out. you mean? Like, uh-huh. what you mean? She was like, I came all the way to your crib, and I could have been with some niggas that was at the club just now that had Richard millies, and 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 they didn't pay my rent. I said, yo, if you want to go, like, you can go. So uh-huh. she, that was an alley oop for me to pay our rent. How long do y'all uh-huh. know each other? Did she wait this? Bro, wait, did she I, I
0: barely know this bitch. So, don't play the whole thing, but you kind of get the gist of the conversation. To me, it just sounds unbelievable that you would want to invite somebody that you don't know on holiday somewhere it's you know it's one thing to invite somebody on a date to go for dinner or something or to go for drinks that's already a bit nerve-wracking to go for the stranger somewhere having to sit face to face with them and try and strike up some sort of conversation some sort of familiarity to pay for somebody's plane ticket to come and meet you is incredibly presumptuous because there is a lot of this kind of conversation on social at the moment of you know women feeling like guys go into you know meets with women and feel like they are entitled to certain things but let's be honest let's be really honest if you're a dude if you're sorry if, if if a dude invites you out to a holiday somewhere and you accept you can't blame him for thinking he thinks that you also want to smash It's obviously unhinged to think that, but if you actually decide a grown up, right, if you're over the age of 21, 25 years old and you actually agree to let some stranger pay for your flight ticket and to pay for your stay to give you a fucking stipend or whatever it may be and whatever it may be, take you all over the place and buy you stuff. You can't be angry if that person expects some sexual favors back. So in my head, I'm thinking, if you're a woman, why would you agree to that if you're not ready for that sort of thing? If you, It just doesn't make any sense. Um, you're better off if you want to maybe try and fleece the guy and get him to buy you things from afar. Fair enough. Do what you need to do. But agreeing to dates like, in that way is strange. In the boy's point of view, in the guy's point of view, is even weird. Because for me, if I'm trying to get somebody to, if I'm interested in somebody, I don't want it to start from a point of them liking me only because I have money. Like that would be the worst place to start from personally speaking. And again, maybe it's my upbringing because I come from a place where we were, you know, it was encouraged to go and, talk to girls in the street and try and get their numbers it was encouraged to kind of do that and back then we had absolutely no money in our pockets we just had a smile and sometimes a smile wouldn't get you anywhere especially when you were like 16 and you were competing with guys that were like 19 coming to your school and bagging all your fucking girls in your school and coming in cars and the motorbikes and stuff you were just thinking fuck here you were in a bus with your shitty fucking school uniform on and this kid from college was driving up in his fucking you know, Ford Focus or some shit, it was awful. But still, you competed in that same level, right? But you didn't try and fake the funk and pretend you had money because you didn't. So, when you did end up getting somebody to actually be interested in you and give you some time, maybe you want to hang out, maybe you going to go to cinema with you, go to an arcade, it felt like the biggest victory ever because you knew you had to really work for that you knew that that person actually liked you as a person and giving you a chance as a human, as opposed to what's in your fucking wallet. So I can't imagine, especially now with the competition that exists out there with the amount of ladies, with the amount of men out there, I just would never want to be in a position where I feel like this person's only talking to me because I have money. That's the only thing, the only thing I wouldn't want to do. You know, it's just something that I wouldn't want to be involved. I want to just kind of leave that alone. But again, you know, Kai Sina just signed a seventy million dollar streaming contract with um, Rumble. Um, little is doing his thing, and he's got a lot of money, and he's got all these brand deals coming out of his ass. So these kids are like under the age of like what twenty eight or some shit, and they are bawling. So you know they've kind of grown up on social media they're native to instagram they're native to twitter and shit snapchat it's probably not that big of a deal to be talking to girls from all parts of the world right from israel to fucking thailand to fucking denmark to the uk to parts of central america they're probably talking to all types of people um and it probably doesn't seem like a stretch for them to be like you know what what's your name and date of birth i'll buy you a plane ticket (laughs) it's not a stretch but for me it just sounds insane it just sounds like the most insane thing i could ever even think of so i don't know where these guys brains go to why they think like this but i just would never want to be in that position where i'm starting to date somebody only because of that because it just sounds legitimately like the most insane way to start a relationship but again maybe i'm the one in the wrong maybe i don't really know what i'm talking about but i think if you are going to go that way you're better off trying to get somebody to like you for who you are than tricking because i feel like the tricking thing it you know it's a slippery slope once you start paying for flights there's real there's probably no limit to stuff that you can and probably will pay for in the future and i also think just for the safety of the women involved like why would you accept that that is such a that's such a loaded offer you know it comes with such it comes with so many um it comes with so many things that you probably so many like unsaid things that you probably feel like you have to do you know <laughs> so if i was you i probably wouldn't do that if you were a lady out there i probably wouldn't the best thing to do is probably try to get some monetary gain out of it from afar get them to buy you a bag get them to fucking send you money get them you know what i mean that might be good but flights to go meet them to you know to go flights to go hang out at their house like that's that's wild. That is fucking wild. So um, yeah, don't do that, please. I beg of you, don't do that. There's too many psychos out there. Um, next on the list here, what's that shit saying? Penny love cackle. Oh, thank you so much. I love getting reminded of that. Penny love cackle. Skidding all over the place, trying to catch the girls down the street. Hey, hey, come here, come here, come here. I promise I'm safe. I promise I'm safe. <laughs> anyway continuing um this is courtesy of over under it says reportedly the born and raised Nike dunk SB has been canceled with we've not seen public release don't believe this by the way this is this is probably goop um obviously they got cancelled because of the unfortunate passing of the born and raised founder so rp spanto again um thoughts and feelings go out to his family and friends i was a flipping shocking bit of news that kind of crossed over my part of social media um the last few weeks or so so really um um gutted for his family about that so that's why these dunks were counted at the time and were poor so big up nike for having some moral you know compass or ethics or whatever it be principles whatever it is that means this shit but I don't think they'd go as far as scrapping the whole thing. I think a good way to honour his legacy and to kind of, um, you know, celebrate his life Um, And everything that he was meant to be doing If he was still around Would be to release the shoes personally Um, I think that would be the best way to do it They're probably just thinking They need to pick the right time Give it some space Um, And obviously they want to get the family And the friends and the whole community involved So that's going to need them to kind of Get to a better place To kind of make that worthwhile And then it's going to release But I don't see a future Where these shoes don't release Personally for me I don't see it um, they're definitely going to release one way or the other. They invested a lot of time and money into these. Um, there's a lot of demand for them, even more so now that he's unfortunately passed away. So don't expect these to not happen anytime. No, Not no, not anytime soon. But they will happen. That's what I say personally. So keep an eye out for them. I think this news is just kind of presumptuous now because everybody's obviously, um, you know, really flipping, um, what you call it, cut up about uh, Spantu's passing. But yeah, definitely those are going to come out soon. So RIP Chris Printup, aka Spantu, um, gone too soon. But definitely keep an eye out for the born and raised Nike Dunk SVs. They will be coming out very, very soon. Um, Just need to wait on it. And obviously I'm assuming they need to be doing some stuff behind the scenes to make sure the family's okay with it. And then they're going to probably end up dropping them. So don't fret on that one. And then we've got this news courtesy of Complex regarding the Cactus Plant Flea Market, Nike as Flea 2s, which I really like to be fair because they kind of remind me of that Balenciaga tyre shoe that everybody wears. I forgot the name of them but if you see them, you know what I mean. This is courtesy of Complex. So you see the pair of shoes there. They're very Mar right? Very, very Mar Mighty. But for me and knowing my kind of taste and liking the kind of off-road ACG um, type of shoe, this is definitely something that's in my kind of purview. And I was thinking about when I was looking at these shoes, right? They kind of remind me a little bit of like a male version of a man repeller, because I think that was our blogger back in the day who used to wear some horrendous outfits. And her basically title of the blog was called Man Repeller. And the idea behind it was never to dress for the kind of male gaze. I feel like these shoes are the shoes that you'd put on. If you actually don't want bitches, right? If you don't want chicks to come up to you, if you don't want attention, <laughs> if you don't want girls to think you're cute, these are the shoes you wear. If you just want to be left alone to hang out with the boys, you wear these shoes because these look absolutely ugly and awful, but also really cool in a weird type of way. So big up cactus plant flea mark if you're always doing really interesting things. So this is Curtis of Complex. A blurb says. The next sneakers from Cactus Plant Flea Market and Nike have an innocuous, so an inconspicuous debut um, last week in that Rolling Loud Miami festival with Turnstile bassist Franz Lions wearing them on stage. Um, Turnstile set on Sunday was notable for being the first time a rock band has ever played on Rolling Loud Miami. Release info for the Cactus Plant Flea Market initially featured um, Surface Early the summer from Soul Retriever. The pair from Rolling Loud appears to be a black and alabaster colorway. Um, which are going to be around 220 dollars and again look at this look at cactus plant flea markets some um, history they had these fucking massive um you know first shoes that they put out these dunks before now they've got these shoes they've got a really good history of always having a really clever and interesting twist on sneakers and i'm really liking what they're doing at least they don't try and just do the really standard shit and take an air force one and do their own colorway they do something a bit different so i'm a big fan of them it continues here reach for comment on the upcoming project um, Nike spokesman said, we look forward to sharing more details soon. Cactus Plant Flea Market is the brainchild of elusive designer Cynthia Liu, who launched the uh, Earthish label in 2015. Her brand has released a handful of collaborations with Nike over the past years, starting with the uh, um, Cactus Plant Baker Max and the uh, most recent Flea Ones, which arrived in two separate versions at the end of last year. Um, any more details there no no more details so you see what you see there two pictures of the shoes let me pause this and like honestly these videos are auto play on these websites just want to give me hell but I, I really like these i think they look really weird they look really gargantuan they look really ugly they look horrendous in every way shape or possible but for me they're definitely something that i'd wear again and again and again the interesting thing about these if you check them closely it looks like the swoosh is um removable it looks like because they've always got these little you know additions that you can kind of take on take off It looks like you could take off the swoosh and put it on either side it looks like with these little buttons i think you could either have the swoosh kind of you know of top of the straps here on the right i kind of like it but i'm curious to know what the base model is i'm curious to know if the base model is like a mars yard um is it a gps like what is it What is the base model of this shoe? Because I'm sure there's something as a base model underneath it, but I really do like the look of it. You've got this exaggerated tire outsole going on there. You've got these big, massive, really heavy-duty straps on the top here. Um, You've got some buttons here. Look, you can press little badges on them and a swoosh. You've got the flea 2 on the flipping tongue here. I really like them. Again, they're really ugly. They look awful um they're definitely not panty droppers for sure they're panty put oners, right you you put these on in a date and she's probably going to run and leave the restaurant she probably will see you through the window and just probably scream so if you <laughs> if you're trying to get some shoes that girls think they look cute probably don't purchase these but i really like them i'm not going to lie i like the look of them i would probably end up trying to get a pair if i could but you know how a cat is palm flea. actually you know what you never know with these shoes being so ugly maybe everybody might not buy them but i've got a feeling they probably will because of the resale but these are really cool i really like them so big up cp for always having some cool shit they do with nike i'm absolutely loving those anyways that is where we will end the Zing english episode number six nine six I hope you have enjoyed for those of you who have stayed along watching. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Never a chore. Thank you for checking me out. Um, and of course, if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do, make sure you share it with all your friends and stuff. And for real, um, if you have enjoyed it and you want to go an extra step further Why not leave me a 5 star review On all the podcast apps out there Such as you know Apple Podcasts such as um, Spotify where you listen to podcasts such as Overcast all these type of places If they have a system to rate, Please make sure you do that so people can see That people listen to it And maybe that will help me get some Fucking um you know what do you call it Um What's that thing called some liquid death sponsorship or something I mean something along that kind of lines Who knows Either way Thank you for tuning in to episode number 696 Of the Agassino Zinger show I really do appreciate every one of you for tuning in Big up the stream chat for hanging in there with me Thank you so much And as per usual I will see all of you again Very very soon So thank you for joining in If you listen to the audio podcast You will hear my tune today. the day Playing underneath me today so make sure you check out the audio podcast and show so you can hear the tune today and I'll see you guys again very very soon, take care, be safe everybody peace <laughs>